It's not politically correct, but submission is a biblical principle. It's a concept that we would do well to uh, recognize and employ in our marriages if we want to thrive as a couple. But when you hear that word, submission, what do you think? What do you feel? My wife is kind of a strong-willed individual. She sort of feels like, yeah, I'll tell you what submission is, and maybe that's you or your spouse. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin, and they uh, are in charge of our marriage department here at the ministry. Greg, as we discuss what submission is, why don't we start with what it is not? And by the way, for our listeners, you smirked at the first mention of the word, so (laughs) 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 wondering what... Aaron was going to say, or thinking about what you might say. Well, I think it was more that I was thinking, why, why are we asking the guys about <laughs> submission? Into I was asking everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would actually say that that very clearly, submission is not blind or quiet obedience. It's not a woman being a, a weak doormat. It's not when when a woman has to deny her opinions, desires, and feelings. Or like the husband, kind of unilaterally, so in a solo way, makes all the decisions. It's literally none of that. But I tell you, the biggest thing that I say to guys is it is never, ever your right to ever ask her to submit. Mm -hmm. That's nothing that that is biblical. There's nothing in there that says, well, it's my job to make sure that my wife, Aaron is submitting. That's between Aaron and the Lord. Mm, I appreciate that. So that's a little bit of what submission isn't. Let's go ahead and return now to a conversation that uh, Jim and Jean Daly had with Jenny and Levi Lesko. Uh, Levi is the pastor of the multi-site Fresh Life Church, and uh, together they're talking about this topic, and um, I think you'll find this really interesting. A lot of relationships, I'm convinced, go wrong because Moses is the CEO of the marriage. And under Moses, it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Mm. You had the kids, you, I, I watched them last time, so you watched them this time. You bought this, so I'm going to buy that. Da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da-da. And that's Moses. That's a Moses marriage. That's the law. Living that's by the law. Yeah. And you know what that leads to? Blood. Jesus turned water into wine. Moses turned water into blood. And if you let Jesus take control of your relationship, it'll bring new wine because you're trying to give grace. And if you're not doing your job, I'm going to do mine twice as hard. And if you're not doing this, I'm going to give you even more grace. And that'll bring wine and refreshment out of your relationship. So really, I think a lot of us need to give Moses the pink slip and let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> I like it. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah? good. All right. That's good. Okay, I, there are two other areas I want to cover before we end. And one is on the submission issue. You guys have spoken about that. Uh, it's always the third rail of relationship, sure. especially in the Christian church when we talk about submission. A lot of different definitions of what does it mean and what does God expect. And people abuse it. Men oh, abuse that no authority doubt. and well, women I, can be, and abuse it too. pastors can really miss what the actual teaching is from Ephesians 5. Because the word submit is used in verse 21. Long before he says, wives submit, he says, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And so the context of marriage is two people who have both submitted to each other in the lens of Jesus' sacrifice. And so here's Jesus who uh, modeled for us this servant leadership by dying for us on the cross. 
And for a man who wants to basically become Jabba the Hutt in his home instead of Jesus the Christ in his home, who Jesus died for his, his bride, and these men who want to pull the chain so Leia can come over and feed him grapes, you know what I mean? That's just a train wreck. a very gross scene, by the way. <laughs> just saying. And you know what? There's some very gross marriage dynamics at play mm, yeah. uh, where the man's the lord of the castle in that way. It was, so here's, we're supposed to both submit to each other. Now, does the New Testament make it clear that in a stalemate, cat's game situation, that the husband is to have the tie-breaking vote because he's going to be the one to stand before Jesus for that? Yes, absolutely. But in our 15 years of marriage, I've never had to pull that card one single time because the goal is consensus. Now, there have been a thousand times where I wanted to pull that, but the Holy Spirit would have been like, hey, moron, you know what I mean? You're just being selfish here, right? Because Jesus died for his bride and you basically just want to be right in the situation. And my opinion is that when Paul then breaks it down further and says, so husbands uh, may see that you love your wives and, and wives see that you submit to your husbands, he was saying that's the part they most are going to struggle with in submitting to one another mm, because yes. women have the most difficult time uh, submitting to their husband because 99% of the time the woman knows what to do and the man doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so for her to submit, that's going to be the most challenging part. And the husband loving his wife and caring for her and nurturing her as his own body is going to be the hardest part. So he was really speaking to the subject subject of submission, the mutual submission that is presented in Ephesians 5, and to show what the most challenging part of that would be like. Yeah. Jenny, for the women that are struggling with that, what would you say to them directly as a wife and a woman? If they're sitting there going, I could never do that with my husband. He isn't the man I really expected I, or thought that I married. Um, I heard one preacher say, um, speak to the king, and the king will will stand up, but if you speak to the fool, the fool will rise up. And I think that's the key as a wife. Um, if we see the potential and the, um, we see the king in our husband, that's again going back to looking for, because um, sometimes all you see is the fool. But if you can look for a glimmer of the king and honor that in them, that's going to raise them up to the next level of the man of God they're meant to be. But I love how in First Peter it First Peter 3 starts out and says, wives, likewise, submit to your husbands. And it goes back to what chapter 2 says right before, and it talks about Jesus being the ultimate example of submitting to his father and dying on the cross, um, and that, that he's the ultimate example of that. And so when we're having a, a hard time submitting, we go back to Jesus as our example of, if Jesus could do this, I'm going to submit to my husband because Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I think that's the key. And then it even goes down when it talks to husbands. Husbands, likewise, honor, love your wives. And so Well, it's actually, to be fair, he gives six verses to the women, and Peter does, and then he gives one verse to the men. And it <laughs> involves a threat, right? <laughs> it's like all these things to the women. Oh, all the details that we need. Da, 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 da. And then it's like, hey, love your wives, or God won't listen to your prayers. And guys are like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. It's, it's all we could handle. He kind of knows how he made us, right? It's pretty good. I mean, it is pretty funny. But Jenny's right, though. You know, to the woman who says, hey, I treat my husband that way, but he doesn't act that way. It's like maybe he would if you treated him that way. Maybe you would help him become right. the man you wish he was. Erin, our theme this month is mentoring, and uh, you work with a lot of couples, a lot of women in particular. How do you encourage uh, wives to say affirming things to their husband, as uh, Jenny was mentioning? It's so interesting, John. There's a research study that talks about affirming your husband and the difference it can make in a marriage. So often we assume that they're being affirmed at work or for what they do by others, but the truth is, Greg comes to focus on the family. He does what he does every single day, and he may or may not 
be affirmed. Yeah, no one, you, no one cares. whether or not you saw me, because if right. you saw yes. me, then you're affirmed. If you affirm him, great. But the truth is, who a husband wants to be affirmed most by is their wife. Yeah. And so the great news, one affirmation per day, just one verbal affirmation a day can make all the difference in your connection with your husband. And so I, when I read that research, I was like, you know what? I can do that. One affirmation a day, I can do that. And so I am very intentional about doing that, especially around my kids. I want them to know that they have this amazing dad in that they're, they've, I always say, you got a good one because they did. Hmm. And he's so good to them. And you know, as a dad and as a husband. And you should be proud, Greg. But Aaron, <laughs> what are some of this? I mean, give give the woman who's saying, well, I'd like to start, but I really don't know where to start. Yeah. Start looking, start watching. Often what we do as women, we'll watch for what isn't happening versus what is happening. Affirmation isn't so much about what they do, but it is about who they are. So as you're watching in your natural propensity, it's that muscle memory that will lead you down the road of, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. And I don't like this. Look for what you do like, what are character qualities you appreciate about him? And if you see him doing something, what is it about seeing him do that particular thing? What character quality is leading him to do that? That he's steadfast, that he's hardworking, that he's loving, that, that he's, he's kind, looking. that he's good <laughs> and looking. Funny and funny. And yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I know someone else said that. I don't know who said that. But it's just looking for what's true about him. And if you're having a hard time seeing what's true about him, I, I always say, ask God to give you the lens that he has. Mm. What's true about my spouse? There's times that when I'm frustrated and angry or disappointed with something that's gone on between Greg and I that, you know, Lord, just help me to see him the way you see him. I know he's valuable. That value doesn't change. And just help me to see one thing yeah. about him that I appreciate. What, what do you do, Aaron, about, um, I mean, just furthering this idea of mentoring. Mm -hmm. So um, let's say one of the wives listening is mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, but he just always rejects the things I say. I would bring that up and say to him, so I notice when I compliment you or affirm you that you reject it. And I just want you to know that when I'm affirming you, that's I'm noticing things in you and I'm giving you that gift. And you, I mean, you could use a word picture. It's like you bat it right back at me, back into my court or my field. And I'm just giving you a gift. And I would really love it if you would just receive it. Hmm. You don't have to agree with it. It's yeah. my perspective. You know, when I was um, thinking about that word affirm, if you look up the definition, part of the definition is to confirm something strongly publicly. And uh. in, in I was thinking about when, when Aaron and I teach uh, our marriage seminars, there, there's a part at some point during the event, um, we kind of talk about things that we cherish about the other value. It's kind of this idea of affirming one another. But I always love it up in front of all these people when Erin starts to kind of walk through some of these different things that she really appreciates and she cherishes about me. But really, it's an affirmation that's going on. But but I just thought that was so interesting. There, there's a public sort of proclamation that mm -hmm. feels great to people. And I even thought about, you know, we've been at parties and, you know, like she was saying in front of our kids, there's just something neat when she says those things, not just to me, but actually to me in front of others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I so appreciate your wisdom and thank you for sharing 
uh, some of your insights here as it relates to submission and being strong together as a couple. So let me encourage you as a listener to look for the book by Aaron and Greg called Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Uh, It is a terrific resource. It can be yours for a gift of any amount uh, to this ministry. Support the work of Focus on the Family. Help us make podcasts like this. Uh, for a donation of any amount, we'll say thanks by sending a copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Details for donating and getting that book and other resources, all in the show notes. And if you need to evaluate how the relationship is going with your spouse, uh, be one of the tens of thousands, the nearly million or so who have taken the online marriage assessment. It's totally free, takes just a few minutes to fill out, and that link is in the show notes as well. We'll hear more from the Luscos next time, and of course from Greg and Aaron. On behalf of the Smalleys and our entire team, thanks for joining us for this episode of Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.